0: Good morning, community of grace. (laughs) Oh, wow. Well, I tell you what, that's our name because it's who we are and it's who we are hoping to become. And uh, it's always a becoming with us. We need grace upon grace upon grace in our lives. And uh, I'm just glad that we get to be a part of a community that bears that name and is looking to live that out, not only here, but in our community, which is all around the world. That's why we have a vision. It's a vision that I mentioned a little over a year ago. It's a simple phrase, and it's to see grace in every corner of our community. That's a vision that we are hoping for. It's a vision that we need to live into. It's not something that happens overnight. As a matter of fact, it's a a process that we engage in every day of our lives and in every place that we go but we desire to see grace in every corner of our community. Now, what are we talking about when we're talking about grace? Well, grace is a word with a meaning, and that meaning in kind of a technical way is unmerited favor, favor that you haven't earned. That's what we talk about when we talk about grace. But I'm, I'm trying to give us a little bit simpler explanation of that, a little simpler definition, and it's this. Grace is anytime something wonderful unexpected, and undeserved comes your way. Anytime something wonderful, unexpected, and undeserved comes your way. Can you think of some examples in your own life? I can think of an example in mine. It's, in some cases, kind of a silly example, but it means something to me. And it happened a little over a year ago. My middle son, Ethan, is a member of the University of Minnesota Marching Band, And a little over a year ago, way, way back in 2019, the Minnesota Golden Gopher football team was good. (laughs) I know, a miracle in and of itself. But they were, they were good. They were having a historically good season. And we are season ticket holders as well as being big supporters of the band, which my son was in. And uh, as the season was wrapping up, it was looking like not only were the Gophers going to go to a bowl game, they were going to go to a good bowl game. And it turned out they did. They were selected to go to the Outback Bowl down in Tampa, Florida on January 1st. We were so excited for our son. It's like, wow, what an incredible experience that he would get to have as a member of the Gopher Marching Knights. Not Marching Knights, that's my high school uh, the, marching, <laughs> the Marching Golden Gophers. It was really exciting for him. And we were terribly excited for him too but we realized that we probably weren't gonna be able to go because by the time you added up tickets and airfare and hotels that all skyrocket anytime a bull is involved we were like that's probably just not in the cards." so we would enjoy it watching from tv that was when my mom called and she said well you're gonna go aren't you and I said, Mom, really, you know, we would, we would love to go for sure, but it's just, it's just not in the cards, it's not in the budget this time around. And she said, oh, no, 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 you're going and send me the bill. What a gift of grace that was for me and my wife to be able to go down there and experience that totally unexpected, absolutely wonderful, and totally unearned and undeserved but such a gift of grace. And you know what? Looking back, that grace was even more profound because as it turned out, going down and witnessing him on the field at that football game would be the last time that we would see Ethan performing with the Gophers marching band on the field during a football game because right after that is when the pandemic hit. So what an incredible way that we can look back on that and say, what a great gift of grace that was in our lives now that's just a simple example for us and you can name all kinds of examples of graces both big and small but that's what grace looks like wonderful unexpected and unearned we want to be a people that live that way why because the way of jesus is the way of grace that's the way of jesus Every time you look at Jesus and you see the places that he went, the people he interacted with, he always showered on them grace. He showed wonderful love towards them that was unearned and often very unexpected. That was the way of Jesus everywhere he went. And Jesus, of course, is the perfect representation of God. He is God in the flesh, God among us. So when we see that, way of jesus we know this is the way that god sees us too wanting to pour out unmerited favor wonderful gift to us that is unexpected and unearned this is the way of jesus and it is the way of the kingdom of god it's the way god operates and the way that he desires to advance his kingdom through people like you and me we must learn this way of jesus I'm committed to learning more and more this way of Jesus, this way of being God's people, being a community of grace that looks to see grace in every corner of our community. I want us to learn this as we live into This kingdom that Jesus offers us. And Jesus had a lot of parables and stories about the way this kingdom of his functions and operates. And I want to look today at one particular parable that he shared. A pretty popular one, very common. You may have heard it before. If you haven't, that's great. You get to encounter Jesus in this today either way. It's from the gospel according to Mark. If you have a Bible with you, you're welcome to open up to the gospel of Mark. It is the second of the Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We go to Mark, we go to Mark chapter 4, and we're going to start reading right at the beginning of Mark chapter 4, verse 1. And You can just follow along with me as I read. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching said, "'Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. "'As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, "'and the birds came and ate it up. "'Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil.'" It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times." Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding, otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some thirty, some sixty, some a hundred times, that which was sown." There's Jesus teaching. Jesus teaching in parables, and Jesus taught in a lot of parables, and here he is in this setting teaching a lot of things. It says he was teaching many, many things in parables to those who were listening to him, and in the midst of that, he brought up this one overarching parable. So obviously, this one has some importance to it. In fact, Jesus says, this is a secret to the kingdom. And I want you to understand this and, and recognize how important and valuable it is. Because if you don't get this parable, you're just not going to get the other ones. And he goes on to share this powerful word, a word about seeds and soil, an agricultural parable. Jesus used a lot of those as he talked, because it was something very common and very understandable to people. Seeds planted, grown, some in, so- in, in bad soil that, that chokes it out or it doesn't grow deep enough or, or it never grows at all, and, and others that go into good soil. Now, when we hear that parable, oftentimes we immediately look at the soil and we look at ourselves and say, boy, what kind of soil am I? And we evaluate where it is that we are in our lives of following Jesus and what it is that God's word has developed in us. And you know what? That's perfectly all right. That's good. It's one important thing that we can draw from this parable about our lives personally. But here's the thing. There is more to it than just us. There's more to it than just you who are sitting here hearing this parable. This parable is not just about you who are receiving it here It is about a task that we have as God's followers, and that is to sow seed. And when we talk about sowing seed, it's important that we recognize that our job is to sow seed, not fix the soil. Our job going out into the world, if we want to go and see God's grace in, at work, see grace in every corner of our community, we don't go up by first going and testing the soil. That's not our job. Yet it is so easy to fall into that trap. It's so easy to look at the people around us in, in the community that we serve, whether it's our workplace or our school or our neighborhood, and go, hmm, That neighbor, hmm, you know what? I don't think they're really good soil because, man, they sure have a lot of stuff and sure seem to be pretty consumed with all of that. So I need to go and tell them everything that they're doing wrong to get their soil right so that then I can plant some seeds. That's not our job. In fact, in many other stories of Jesus' working with his disciples, his disciples would get this confused. His disciples would look around at communities and be like, Oh, oh, Lord, there's a bad community over there. Should we call down the lightning, Lord, on that community? And Jesus, you can just imagine him shaking his head, going, Oh, I do love you. I really do. But sometimes you just don't get it. That's not our role to go and try and fix the soil. Now, we can look at our own hearts and look at ourselves and say, boy, what kind of soil am I? That's okay. It's okay for us to evaluate those things, especially when we view them in the light of God's grace. God wants to to grow good things in us. And and so we can look at those things and say, oh, Lord, help, help to remove those barriers. That's, That's wonderful. That's great. But we don't start with the soil when we are out dealing with people in our community. The soil isn't our concern. Spreading seed is. That's what we are called to do. To be generous sowers of seed. It doesn't matter where it falls. That's up to God to deal with that. Our part is to sow seed. What is sowing seed? What's sowing the word? It's sharing God's word. And here's some things that it comes down to for us when it comes to going and seeing grace in every corner of our community. Number one, we want to know our field okay we don't need to judge the soil but we need to know our field where are you where have you particularly been planted what is your area of influence you have friends you have family you have neighbors you have coworkers. you have classmates you have a particular circle of people who you are called to be engaged with they may not be the same people for your entire life We go through seasons of life. But whatever that season is you're in right now, these are the people you are called to spread seed amongst. That's the task. But we go into that task with an attitude. And that attitude isn't that there's no grace there until we show up. Instead, we see what God is already up to and we join him in it. See, this is a view that sees the world through the eyes of Jesus, not as people to be fixed, but as people to be loved, as people to be brought in to this wonderful grace. And here's the thing, folks. God's grace is already at work in our community. He's already working. He is working around people, and he's he's working in situations and circumstances, And our responsibility as seed spreaders is to go out to know the field that we've been called to, then to know God's story so that we can speak into the stories that are happening around us. We do it this way. First, we look expectantly. We have a heart that says, I expect when I go out and engage with people and talk with them and hear their stories, I expect to hear a place where there's an opening for God's grace, where God's grace is already at work around them. And all I have to do is connect that story with God's story. Now here's the thing, when we talk about knowing God's word and knowing the story and being able to speak God's word to other people, this is where folks get nervous. This is where I hear a lot of people step back and go, ah, you know what, that's fine, but I just don't know God's word enough. I mean, I mean, I can't quote it chapter and verse, and, and I don't know the, the lists of every king in first and second kings, and, and, and I'm not sure of exactly what to do with every disease in Leviticus. Listen, that's not the point. You don't have to have the book memorized from beginning to end. We can study and continue to learn and let that word sow into us and grow in us. But the most important thing is to know the story, the huge story of God's work, his work from Genesis to Revelation, a work of redeeming and calling back a broken people and a broken world and restoring them into relationship with himself by forgiving us. And offering us eternal life see if we know the story then when we see somebody who is in need somebody who is struggling and somebody who just shares a, a glimmer of something that they've seen and we can go oh you know what that looks like god's grace at work can i share with you how that thing that's happening there can be connected to this lord who i know this savior who has come and rescued me See, there's grace going all around people. We want to see grace then go into people. And the way grace goes into people is when they come to faith. A trust in Jesus. And faith comes when we share the word. When we share God's word. The truth about Jesus, that's all it is. Sharing that story. And we don't have to have every answer. We don't have to have it memorized perfectly, and when people go, well, you know what, I'm just not quite sure about that. If you don't have an answer, you don't have to scramble to try and find one. You can just say, hey, you know what, boy, that's interesting. That's something that I maybe hadn't really thought of. How about we, we go explore this together? Because if they're seeking truth and you're seeking truth, you'll always find it. And Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. And we don't have to be afraid of the search. So we bring God's word that way. We look expectantly. We listen graciously. And then we speak gracefully. And as we do that again and again and again and time and time again with people in our community, we start to see more and more grace in every corner of our community. So start to think about your corner And how it is God has called you to look expectantly for where he is at work. To then listen to the stories of those people who are in your corner. And then speak God's word gracefully into those stories to see where God's story and their story meet in a place of faith and trust. Now what does that look like? Well, I'm so excited because, you know, when you put together sermon series like this, you want to be able to to see things that way yourself, to experience some of those things yourself. And and I got an opportunity to see it this past week, just this past week, just a couple of days ago, a story that was posted on Facebook by a couple of members of our congregation. You may know Todd and Laura Wallström and their kids, Lydia and Drew. Lydia passed away this past summer from a terrible disease called Batten's disease. And Drew has that same disease, and it's taken his sight from him. He's a seventh grader. It's taken his sight. It's it's taken his mobility. It's it's deteriorating things in his body. But he's a seventh grader, and and, and he still has has things that he loves and things that he likes to experience. Well, there was a coach up at St. Paul North High School, Coach Denver, who's the head wrestling coach. And he connected with Drew and with the Wallstroms a, a couple of times. And, and, and it, it, as, as time went along here, Drew was showing a, an interest and a desire to just want to be around these guys. And, and Coach Denver wanted to find a way for Drew to be involved too. So, so he made Drew manager of the team. Now, as you can imagine, Todd and Laura were both excited and terrified at the same time. The seventh-grade boy with all these big wrestlers—he's—he's he's got limitations and vision. What are they? What's it going to be like? What's it going to be like for him? What's it going to be like for the team? What's this all going to be about? And it was an experience of grace upon grace upon grace, because not only did these kids welcome and receive Drew as a part of the team. But Drew got to come and contribute, and he would, he would come, and he'd show up, and, and he'd bring a, a favorite toy every time, and he'd get to share about that toy with the coach and with the team. And they just came to make that be part of, of their ritual together and their experience together as a team. And if you know Drew, Drew loves to hug everybody, and hugging and wrestling, kind of similar. But they got to show him a little bit about what this is about. And and the coach even got to teach his players about some of the rules of of wrestling a blind person because that's a part of, of the sport. So everybody was learning. Everybody was growing. This looks like grace to me. And then this last week, they had their banquet. And Drew got a letter. Drew lettered in wrestling. If that isn't grace at work in our community, I don't know what is. That was grace on Drew and grace on Todd and Laura, and and grace that we now get to share in as because it's something that we get to see. Folks, there are stories like that all around us. Some of them are just small stories. Some of them are are big stories, but it doesn't matter how big or how small it is. When we can see what God is up to and see the grace that he is already extending around us, then we get to come alongside and look for it and listen to the stories graciously. And then we can speak and say, oh, wow. Wow. That's a sign of God's grace. And do you know how much God desires to show that love to you specifically and uniquely? And he has shown it through the person of his son, Jesus Christ, who has lived and died and risen for you so that you can experience this grace, not just now, but on into eternity. That's Story that we want to live into. That's what it means to see grace in every corner of our community. So, as I close, I want us to prepare ourselves. I want us to put ourselves in a position because all of this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This isn't something we can just whip up in ourselves or, or commit to doing better at. What we commit to is being open to the work of the Holy Spirit in us transforming us changing us so that we have eyes to see and ears to hear just as jesus spoke to his disciples he who has ears let him hear let's hear and let's let the holy spirit do this work so here's what i'd like to ask you to do today and into this next week first of all i want you to think of something you've seen this past week that might be a sign of god's grace Just quiet your hearts right now and just take a moment to think about the encounters that you've had this week and to see if maybe somewhere in there there was a place where God was at work by his grace. If you've got it, hold on to it. If you don't, that's okay. We need to to learn and be transformed in how to see this more. Because now as we come into the next week, I want you to look for something this coming week. Look expectantly to see where God's grace is going to be at work in one of those corners, the corner that is yours to cover. And then we're going to trust that we can speak about Jesus Into that story and trust God to take care of the rest. We don't have to fix the soil. Just like God hasn't asked you to fix your soil first before you were an object of His grace. Let's just receive this grace for ourselves, see this grace at work in others, and then be ready to speak. God's story into their story. Let's prepare ourselves to do that right now as we quiet our hearts and come before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're here with you now just taking this moment and acknowledging that you are God and we are not and recognizing that Lord, the grace that you have poured out is a grace so different from the way that we see each other, the way that we listen to one another, the way that we speak to each other, Lord. It's so alien to us that you would show so much favor on people like us, broken people like us. But you have, Lord. And we cannot deny it because we see it all over Jesus. We see it in the way that he spoke and the way that he encountered people and the conversations he had. Time and time again, that way of grace that was the way of your son, Jesus. So Jesus, we, we thank you for showing us that for teaching us that, Lord, for giving us today ears to hear and hearts to receive your word, which ultimately, Lord, is receiving you. And now today, Holy Spirit, we open ourselves up completely to you doing a work in our hearts. We trust in you by faith that that you can transform us, Lord, to be more and more a people of grace so that together with one another, we are a community of grace. And we can go forth from this place to see grace in every corner of our community. Here and in White Bear Lake and in St. Paul, in the Twin Cities, in Minnesota, all the way around the world, stretching all the way to Haiti, Lord. All of it is your world. All of it is your community. Help us, Lord, to see our corner, to listen gracefully, Lord, to speak gracefully who you are as we receive grace upon grace in our lives.